This fresh coat of the startup life has been sprayed on nice and smooth by Wagner and the Flexel series of paint sprayers. Startup Nation, my wife decided she wanted to rehab her childhood home. The goal was to fix it up and invite a nice family to rent it out. We knew one of the biggest jobs we had to undertake was painting. However, from the walls, the cabinets, and even the siding outside, it was going to be a big task. As entrepreneurs with a company to run, we knew this was going to take up a lot of our time, which is why we decided to get a paint sprayer. And after much research, we decided to go with the sprayer from the Flexio series from Wagner. Startup Nation, these sprayers are top-notch because of its flexibility to paint or stain walls, furniture, cabinets, and more. It's 10 times faster than using a paintbrush, which was a big selling point for us. And you can paint or stain right from the can. It's also easy to clean in five minutes and being great for indoor and outdoor projects, a paint sprayer from the Flexio series clearly needs to be part of the arsenal in your garage. So if you're ready to stain your deck or like me, fill your daughter's request of a bubblegum pink room, up your game with a paint sprayer from the Flexio series by Wagner. Take it from me. Your time will thank you. Hey, Startup Nation. So, you know, I know there's been a, lot, a few things, you know, in the business world that kind of wanted to kind of chime in with, uh, you know, whether it be the, the whole TikTok scenario, the whole deal with uh, supply chain issues and a few other things. And so that's why I, I want to bring back uh, our returning championing Juan Rivaldi uh, here from the show. If you remember, we had him on the show uh, a few weeks back and uh, he's the principal and president of Accent Advisor, a management consultant firm uh, here in the states how's it going juan very well very well good to connect with you again dominique absolutely so glad to have you back uh, on the show again so let's just kind of hop right into it so uh you gave a quote recently we know with everything going on with the pandemic you know uh, there's been tons of supply chain uh issues and stuff like that and you gave a quote and i want to kind of read here it says quote increased economic and political uncertainties clearly point to the risk of over-reliance in a single uh, manufacturing partner, end quote. And so I know a lot of times, one, that when people are starting their businesses and they have to get uh, products shipped or, or have that uh, supply chain uh, kind of taken care of, a lot of people go to China uh, for those yep. reasons. But kind of talk a little bit about uh, what you were going with with that quote and stuff like that. So as we, we all know, uh, China has been the manufacturing partner for the U.S. and for many other countries around the world right. and uh, as the, the dependence that we have in China has become very, very strong at a time that our ties with China are starting to get frayed and we understand all the risks of the tariff war and then even political risks as the two systems are fighting it out in a number of different fronts. Right. And I see that that's already influencing the decisions that businesses are making around their supply chain. So you have Apple already shifting some of their manufacturing to China and other other companies are also exploring other manufacturing partners. And I think that this is at least a, a move to de-risk the reliance on a single manufacturing partner at this point. Uh, we are also seeing that the pricing advantages of low cost of labor from China have been uh, eroding over a long period of time as their prosperity has increased the cost of labor. But lately I've noticed that even getting a stable quote is very unpredictable. Like recently uh, I have heard companies saying that even orders that they place for three or six months ahead, they're noticing that the prices are going up just on expectations of what could happen 
in the environment. So that points that there is almost like an escalation of, of events pointing to higher risk in the relationship. Got you. Got you. Thank you for, for sharing that. And so, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, small business uh, leaders here in the United States who are, you know, who usually were kind of, you know, probably going to go uh, in the direction of, of China and stuff like that. What are some of those options uh, should they be looking at? Should they look to other countries? Should they possibly uh, start to look more inward uh, to the United States for those uh, uh, manufacturing? Kind of talk about that a little bit, Juan, if you don't mind. That's a very, very good question. And mm-hmm. I work a lot with uh, entrepreneurs or people that are just running their own businesses, but their their products come mostly or primarily from China. Right. So the first thing I would advise is to increase your stock levels mm. just to make sure that you're not going to run out of products through any kind of transition. And then second would be to start looking at possibly other countries. And, and it's not that easy to know where to find another country that could be a, a comparable supplier. Some uh, are known for certain competitive advantages, but, but definitely India is coming up as a potential partner. Uh, there's other countries in, in Southeast Asia, like um, Thailand or uh, the Philippines, you know, Indonesia too, but we shouldn't ignore Mexico or Brazil, countries like that. And like you pointed out, I think that more and more there's going to be attractive opportunities domestically. Okay. And, and the, the results of this pandemic and economic situation are making it that many people are willing to consider uh, working in ways that they haven't before and they could produce products in very competitive ways. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you uh, for sharing all of that for sure. And, and speaking of, of China and stuff like that, I know what's been big in the news uh, lately is the sale uh, of TikTok or at least the, uh, the the U.S. part, the U.S. version uh, of TikTok. I, you know, I have to admit and Startup Nation knows that, that, that TikTok has gotten us through a lot of tough days. Uh, you know, you know, with you know, with entertainment and stuff like that, and so now for that possibly to uh, possibly go away, uh, that could be uh, probably bad to you know morale a little bit. But I guess what I wanted to ask you is that when you have something of this magnitude, where you're talking about not just the sale of a piece of a company, but also when there's certain political uh, 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 components to it, uh, because you know uh, President Trump has talked about how there's a, 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 a national security risk when it comes to TikTok and stuff like that. You no, know, what, what does those conversations, those negotiations, kind of sound like? I guess I'm trying to get a sense of what it's like to be in that room uh, or in that process when you're trying to make a sale to purchase uh, something like that when there's like political p- components involved? Because I imagine it's kind of tricky. Very, very tricky. And, and for sure, it complicates things because we're no longer talking about pure market dynamics, right. but we're talking about big political interests. And TikTok is definitely caught in the middle of political agendas mm-hmm. between China and the U.S. And it's almost becoming a symbol of this whole trade war and, and the the whole standoff between China and the U.S. So the question is, is TikTok, is TikTok actually posing a very serious national security threat? Right. And, you know, most people have not thought of that, at least uh, immediately, as a serious concern in the light of so many other things to be worrying about. Of and as far as, like, is data, is our data privacy at risk beyond TikTok? Absolutely. I mean, it seems like all kinds of uh, data is up for sale to the highest bidder. Uh, so, so 
the question is, is this really about national security or is maybe more part of a, a political agenda that plays out now in the business world? For sure. For sure. And, and you know, I, and that's that's definitely a, a legit concern because, I, I, you know, when you think about the timeline and I'm just speaking objectively here, uh, when you think about the timeline, uh, there was that whole notion of a, a certain uh, one of President Trump's rally uh, kind of being upended. Uh, you being due in large part to TikTok, and then all of a sudden there was the issue of the national security risk. And I'll leave our audience to kind of draw their own conclusions uh, from that. So, I, but I appreciate that insight because I think you know it, it like it just seems like it can get real messy really fast. So I appreciate you kind of sharing your thoughts on that. Yeah, I imagine that he probably got a little bit ticked at TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Juan uh, Robaldi, uh, international business advisor and principal uh, and president of Ad- uh, Accent Advisor. And if you want to check out that website, go to AccentAdvisor.com. Uh, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast i want to kind of shift gears here a little bit because you know due to this pandemic and stuff like that you know sports has been wildly uh affected uh and uh, the big 10 conference as many people know uh had had decided earlier to cease football operations or sports operation uh for the fall semester there was a lot of outcry and stuff like that but they for the most part they stood firm until recently where they've kind of reversed course and said they're going to go ahead and have those uh, sports activities for the fall uh, and stuff like that. So, Juan, what I wanted to ask you is that, like, when you have uh, this perception, this brand, if you will, and you decide, you know what, we're going to do this, we're going to stick to our guns, and then do a complete 180 uh, on on almost on a dime. Uh, what are some of those things from a branding standpoint, from a business standpoint, to kind of you know? Uh, regain that trust from the public because I imagine th- there's a lot there's a little bit of trust that you kind of got to regain is that fair to say yeah I think so I think that people are really wondering exactly what people or, or brands stand for right anymore. and I think that the role of leadership is to really come out with an authentic and transparent story about maybe what has led to this change of uh, mind. And we live in a world that new information happens very rapidly, facts change, situations change. So I think that the public is prepared to pivot and and reset expectations and and understand the reasons. But if there is a perception that is not very clear why they took a stand first and now they change it, it it opens up a lot of room for um, suppositions and speculation that right. may not be good for the brand and it ultimately can discredit the credibility. For sure. For sure. No, I, I appreciate that because I, I just think there's there's a lot to learn uh, from that. And, and that's why we have these startup conversations, Startup Nation. So that way, you know, we can take, you know, what we see in the business world and we bring on uh, a, a very accomplished uh, you know, uh, advisor and, and business consultant and a Juan Rabaldi to kind of help us kind of figure these things out and then take those lessons and apply it uh, in our own business. So Juan, I really appreciate you, brother. You have no idea. 
Thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking with you, Dominique. No worries. No worries. One last question, if I could, before I kind of let you go, uh, because right now it, it's it's kind of mid-September. And so I know, uh, you know, uh, the, the holiday shopping season is coming around the corner. They just announced a new PlayStation that's going to probably be a hot seller for Black Friday and stuff like that. So I guess I'm curious in your perspective for retailers, you know, right now is mid-September. What are some of those things, in your opinion, uh, should people be doing to kind of prep their business, prep their stores uh, for the holiday season and have a good one, especially, you know, try to sprinkle in a little pandemic in there because that's got to be accounted for as well. Kind of talk about that a little bit, Juan, if you don't mind, sir. Well, no, of course, uh, given the current environment, uh, any promotion goes online and makes it easier for people to shop online and experience products online would be very advantageous for, for that. And then also having policies that build trust and confidence with the brand about return policies or quality mm-hmm. and things like that, because people are uh, still very uh, skeptical and gotcha. they don't want to be taken advantage. They, they know that there's too many things that could happen that could change their own situation. So if the brands take uh, you know, a way that allows shoppers to be more confident with them and shop with more confidence, I think it will definitely encourage uh, shopping. And then uh, the other thing is that there's definitely a different feel uh, for things in general and different mood out there. Mm-hmm. So the way that brands are uh, promoting their products, I think that is a little bit different. I think there is a sense of uh, greater social responsibility uh, greater consideration for the situation of others. So companies that maybe donate some of the proceeds of the profits to, for, for good causes tend to tend to get some goodwill with the buyers these days. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's definitely something to think about uh, Startup Nation as you move forward and try to prepare uh, for the holiday season. So Juan, we're going to go ahead and let you go, man. just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and, and providing that great feedback. And once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Juan Ribaldi uh, Ax- uh, of Accent Advisor, Principal and President of Accent Advisor. Uh, once again, that website is AccentAdvisor.com. Uh, thank you so much, Juan. Thank you. Really appreciate your time, Dominique. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, If you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.